everybody and welcome to another episode of the unconventional christian podcast this week i have the pleasure of interviewing another good sis of mine and best friend symphony she's a digital creator and you can catch her posting under her alias as symphony speaks she's an entrepreneur as she owns her own apparel line by the name of urban culture apparel urban culture apparel is a statement as she says where she puts expressive thought-provoking, and comedic quotes and messages and urban terminology on each shirt to uplift and to just put the word out there, be outspoken. Let the people know how you feel through a shirt, child. Listen. So with that being said, everyone, welcome to the mic, Symphony Speaks. Hey, 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 y'all. What's up? I'm so excited. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, happy to have you, child. This is a conversation that we definitely uh, have been talking about on and off through our friendship. You know, our friendship is pretty long, you know, longevity, lots of conversations. You know, we've been in this thing for a couple of years now, you know, a few (laughs) years, a few years, you know, you've been around for quite some time. You know, this, this conversation is very near and dear to my heart because I'm a church girl at heart. So, you know, I always come to you with a lot of things that I go through when it comes to that. So with that being said, for everybody, this episode is going to be about, you know, things that happens in the church. Like what dictates, you know, someone actually becoming a member? What makes you want to leave the church? How do you feel the church could improve in some ways to make the relationship between the members and the um the church actually work so therefore this episode is entitled i'm tired of this church oh girl you ready to step off some toes (laughs) (laughs) not i'm tired of this church i'm tired of this church drops mic my god my god my god right well Finish, you know, I'm a church girl. You know, I grew up in the church, born and raised in the church. Although some people may not grasp that because I do have a ratchet side to me. Um, you know, I could be a, a bit what I call heathenistic at times, but I love the Lord with all my heart. I am God comes first. If you really know me, then you know that God comes first um, in my life. I don't make a move without consulting with God first. I don't make a move without him telling me to. So, yes, I, I am, you know. Sometimes I'll be out here in these streets, but I don't go too far out here in these streets. I don't, I don't go too far where the Lord can't grasp me up and grab me back and reel me back on in. Um, oh, my God. Lord Speaking Jesus. of that, though. So there's this thing going around to where you just have to be connected to a church in order to have that relationship with God. Now, I know me and you talked about this before. And you are currently not affiliated with the church, but your spiritual life is pretty much intact. So like tell the people what that looks like for someone who doesn't attend church regularly. So, okay. So like I said before, I did grow up, you know, in the church, you know, my grandmother, she was the president of the usher board one and two child. My grandma was one of the Lord's door keepers. And I know she up in heaven right now, keeping the door for the Lord. Okay. Um, 
And I sung in a choir, praise dance, did all of that stuff. I, you know, uh, every every holiday I was up there doing the welcome greeting, all the poems and all kind of stuff. I was at vacation Bible school and everything. Um, but as I got older, I started to realize that that was a part of the tradition of church. Um, and I started to realize that a lot of people that go to church, they are not actually in the church. They just do church. And what I say, and what I mean when I say do church, they know when to clap. They know when to say amen. It's like everything is queued up. Everything is on point. Like they know what to wear to church. Um, like some some people, church can be a, a fashion show. They go to church just to see what people have on or who gonna wear the same thing they had on two Sundays ago or, you know, whatever like that. So when I realized that for myself, I, I had to really have a serious conversation with God and I had to have a serious come to Jesus moment, as we say. Um, and I had to start developing my own relationship with God because it was one thing, you know, for my mom and my dad, my grandmother and all of them to bring me to church. And I'm a participate, I'm, you know, in all these different activities and these different ministries within the church. But I was like, am I really growing my relationship with God? I got baptized at a very early age and I'm not even going to lie. I did it because my brother had got baptized and because I've always been attracted to the water. I cannot swim. <laughs> I cannot swim, but I was like, Oh, I want to get dipped in the pool. <laughs> like, I want to, I, I want to get dipped. Um, my parents did not force me to go and get baptized. They did not force me to accept Christ. Um, they just brought me to church. And everything else outside of that was, you know, on my own terms. So I got baptized. And of course, because I was so young when I got baptized, I didn't, I understood what was going on, but I did not fully understand until I became like in my late teens, early twenties. And I was like, okay, I have to start developing my own relationship with Christ so I can get close to him because grandma can't do it for me. My mama can't do it for me. Daddy can't do it for me. Like their prayers are, are very much, you know, helpful and, and always needed. But I have to get this thing for myself because when they when they gone or when it's my time to go, I don't want God turning his back, you know, turn his back on me and saying, well, you know, you denied me to your peers. So I'm about to deny you in my kingdom. And I don't want that. So I'm just like, God, you know, living here on earth, that's already ghetto enough. I ain't trying to die and go, you know, to even to an even more ghetto situation. I'm trying to go to the heavenly eights. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, I was like, I had to get, you know, I had to, you know, wrap that thing on up and start, you know, developing my own relationship with God. So what ultimately made you want to leave the church? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I left the church as a whole. I left one particular church. And that's because I felt that my spirit was no longer getting fed in that particular place. It was so many things that were going on. Um, that I felt were getting in the way of the actual message and what we were really going there for. The church is supposed to be a spiritual hospital. And it's like nobody is really addressing the real issues or it's like people are pointing a finger. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? At this point, God, I my spirit is no longer getting fed here. So I need to move around. And also, while my spirit is not getting fed here, while I'm searching you know, I'm, I'm running after you. I'm chasing after you God. Like I need to get somewhere and be quiet and be still and get away from the distractions so that I can hear your voice. I can listen for your next move and that I will know that, you know, it's you speaking to me and I'm not just 
leaning on the words or the wisdom that you have given someone else, but I'm getting into the word and I'm, I'm getting it for myself. Cause even in the word, it, in, in the scripture, it says study to show thyself approved. So I had to start getting into the word for myself versus just going to the, going to church every Sunday. And I'm relying on what the pastor is saying or what the minister is saying, but I'm not really digesting or fully digesting what I'm reading or what they're saying, or I'm not applying it to my life. And furthermore, not even taking it and, and, and sharing it with my peers or sharing it with people that I encounter on a day-to-day basis. So with me leaving the church or leaving that particular church, that's the things that I started practicing. I, and, and my mom, she was pissed. I'm not even going to lie. My mom was pissed. And she was just like, um, that's not how I raised you. You know, I raised you in the church. And I said, mom, you also raised me to follow my own mind and be my own person. So with that, I have, to, I know, you know, where God is leading me. I'm not leaving out of God's presence and I'm not, you know, leaving the kingdom per se, but I do need to go somewhere where I'm being spiritually fed. And if that means me taking a hiatus from the physical church building, then that's what I have to do because the church is within me because Christ lives within me. Being spiritually fed, that is super important, especially like for millennials like you and me. So we'll pop up and leave a church in a minute if we feel like we're not getting, you know, what we came for. That word, like that one word that just make you feel like, "Mm, okay, you know, let me, I'll give it another try. I'll give it another Sunday. But for us, it's kind of like nowadays we feel that it should definitely go beyond the church and you shouldn't be demonized or you know talked about just because you don't necessarily feel the need to be in the church every right. single Sunday not being in church every single Sunday doesn't make you a heathen now take it like this when I was younger of course grew up in the Baptist church tradition was you never miss a Sunday and for some reason you know if you miss you know a service on Sunday it's like you you technically didn't miss out on a lot because back then you know we didn't have social media so of course we can't be like okay well I'm gonna watch service online today so when you miss church you just miss church but now that you have those things in place you know people are still seeing it as well you need to be in a physical church because like what can you get out of just going to church online and I can also see that as well for me I can do both. I cannot be in church and I can be in church one Sunday. But the only thing that you're missing out from not being in church is just that atmosphere. So like the praise and worship aspect, like, of course, you know, being amongst people, you know, people standing beside you, you feel that energy from people when praise and worship is going on, as well as with the sermon, too. And it's kind of like when you're at home, that's kind of cut in half just a little bit. But if you have that personal relationship with God and it's strong enough to feel that feeling, even when you're outside of the church, then you still have that feeling. But of course, nothing is going to replace, you know, actually being in a church. And I see that, but making people feel, you know, like they're just completely missing out on something because they're not a part of a church You know, I don't think that's like, come on, people, like, please just stop being so closed minded just because somebody doesn't want to attend your church, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you should, you know, tell people, you know, that they should be in a church when they're not at your church. Well, here's (laughs) the thing. I do believe that you should be connected with the church. 
Um, right. That does not necessarily mean that you have to attend that church or be a member, but you need to be connected with the church. Um, Being under watch care. That's what they yeah, call it. Watch care. Watch care. Be under watch care. Um, you, but I, I, like I said, because I in, in the other show that I do on Tuesday, Testimony Tuesday, was with my girl, Bishop Becker. Um, we always close. Hey, Becca girl. <laughs> we always close out the show. Um, well, before we close out each show, we always make sure that we invite somebody to Christ and, you know, pray out the show and everything like that. And she always says this thing that, you know, it's important for you to be connected with a local church home, which I do believe that it's important to be connected with a local, with a local church home. Um, and for me, within my, my search of a new church home, I may not, you know, be an official member, but that does not mean that, well, prior to COVID, that does not mean that I was not attending a church or, you know, in do, actively searching for a church home, like visiting other churches on Sundays, kind of filling them out, or even just going to Bible study uh, to fill them out, or just to see, like, because some people, and I, what I'm noticing, like, some people may not be, you know, like the member type. They may, you know, receive a word from multiple pastors or multiple members, like, I mean, uh, m- multiple uh, ministers. But you have to go where you're, like I said, you have to go where your spirit is being fed and where you're getting the word. And and granted, every word that you hear from a minister or from a pastor or in church or in Bible study is not always going to be for you particularly. And I had to explain this to one of my other good friends because she was like, I started going to church with her. And she was like, sis, I don't feel like that word was for me or I don't, I didn't feel it. Like, and I was like, well, that word probably wasn't for you. Like it was probably meant for you to take it to somebody else. And I would tell her all the time, like, um, it's not, you know, always that God is trying to tell you something specifically about you. Like, don't get so wrapped up in, you know, uh, God, I need a word from you just to, to help me with this situation. God may have your, have that one particular thing that you're praying on. He may, of course, he already have it worked out, but he's not revealing it to you just yet because he needs you to get to somebody else. So the word that you might hear at, at a certain time may not always be for you. It'll just be for you to pass it on to the other person, which goes back to what I said earlier. You know, you have to take that word, digest it and, and share it with your peers or share it with people that you encounter because everything that we hear from in, in the word is not just for us and that's not what we go to church for like we don't go to church or we don't you know listen to sermons uh whether it's physical church or you watching church online we don't you know get that word and just so we can keep it for ourselves no you're supposed to take that apply to your life and also share the good news of the lord with somebody else to bring them closer to the kingdom so hold that thought right there now when we talk about sermons. So we're just going to fast forward to sermons right quick. Now, sermons for me are like literally the meat of the service, okay? And like you said, not all sermons are meant for everybody on that particular Sunday. They may be meant for you to take and give somebody else, okay? But for me, I feel like, hmm, the sermons that I'm really into are the ones that legit have like talking points, and I can follow you throughout the sermon, okay? Now, <clears throat> once again, I was going to revert back to this. I was raised in a traditional Baptist church, okay? Traditional Baptist churches are known to have preachers that hoop. If you do not know <laughs> what hoop is, or if you do not know what hooping is, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to do the example. No, I think you should, but, so you can let people know, because they might not know. No, 
No, ma'am. I am not doing that, okay? Because for one, they say it's bad for your health. <laughs> so I'm not about to do <laughs> I'm not doing it. But for my Baptist folk out there, if y'all know what hooping is, okay? Now, every sermon doesn't need a hoop. That's just how I feel. Like you should be able to do a sermon without having to hoop. Now, hooping, for me, I've gotten the logistics down of it and what's behind it is to get the folks excited, basically. Well, it is, but at the same time, the word of God don't need no help. If, if I'm turning on uh, Sarah Jakes and I'm, you know, watching her sermons online, you know, via YouTube or whatever, I get excited because I know sis about to come with a word. Like, I know she's getting ready to pour something into me, especially if I've had a rough week or if I'm, you know, if, I, if I'm battling something in my mind, you know, that I need a word from God. I'm like, OK, I know sis about to come with it. Yeah, no, it, it don't necessarily take and I'm not I'm not, you know, downing any preacher that decides to hoop holler uh, and slam up against the podium and all that stuff. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not, you know, bashing none of the preachers that like to do that. But the word of God don't need no help. There are some instances where I have heard sermons where, you know, they definitely hoop. But by the time they get to that hoop, you don't receive your word. So them hooping is just like a come on now, continue to preach to me. Uh, <laughs> like that's kind of like what hooping is for me. I mean, I'm a traditional Baptist girl. So that like when you actually preaching, your hoop matters. But when you ain't saying nothing, your hoop don't matter. And if you got a hoop five or six times throughout the sermon and you closing or you on your sixth close, that means the people ain't with you, bro. Like you just, you lost them back there somewhere. Okay. So yeah, the hooping for me, it, it depends on the substance of the sermon. If the sermon ain't got no substance, you shouldn't be hooping at all. You just need to sat on down, chill out. Eat one of the peppermints that's sitting on that table in between the pastor's chairs and just chill out. It's okay. We all have bad Sundays, but this Sunday just wasn't your Sunday, okay? Because that hoop didn't help. And it's been some, you know, some situations where that has happened. And uh, yeah, every sermon doesn't need a hoop, especially if you're not saying nothing. Sound. That's the SAT. Sat down. Well, I would say this. Um... A person who has studied their sermon or who has prepared their sermon, has prayed and, you know, went into uh, what they call consecration over their sermon and really um, is ushering, ushering in the presence of God, like, they don't have to do all of that. Like, for some people, you know, like you said, it may just be to, you know, get the 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 church body riled up or to, you know, kind of get them to interact with the sermon and stuff like that. And I, I get it because I grew up traditional Baptist as well. So I get all of that, you know, the hooping and hollering and all of this. I get all of that. I mean, if that's what you choose to do as a pastor or as a minister, that is totally up to you. But like I said, the word of God, the spirit of God, it, it you don't need all the theatrics. And that's one of the reasons why, um, I chose to kind of step away from the physical church building in itself and really, you know, not do church, not, you know, knowing when to, or, uh, you know, contemplating on when to clap on cue or when to lift my hands and say, amen. Cause it was an act. 
And I'm like, not saying that I was, you know, faking the funk, but in some regard, I kind of was. So I, I was sitting there trying to get the word for myself. So I'm just like, okay, as I got older, I'm, you know, becoming like a grown woman. I'm like, okay, God, this don't move me. This, none of this does anything for me. The lights, um, the, the, the organist coming in on cue, um, that, you know, all like the, the pastor slamming against the, none of that does anything for me. Like in all actuality for me, it started to take away. Cause I'm just like, okay, like I'm just waiting on the organist. When I see the organist get up when I see him get back on the keys, I know church about to be over. I can go home, you know, get the rest of my day started. I'm going to get my food. Like that's, that's what I was like. I was waiting on the cues. And I actually got to, cause I was like, God, I want to really develop my relationship with you. Like, I don't want to sit in church, fake the funk, funny front and sit up here and wait on these cues. And that's what I know. I know when church going to start. I know when praise and worship is over. I know when church is getting ready. I don't want that. I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on being in your presence. I want to focus on strengthening my relationship with you. I want to focus on just me and you. What are you trying to say to me? How is, how is this going to um, elevate me to the next level in life? How is this going to draw me closer to your kingdom? How are you going to use me as a willing vessel to draw more souls to your kingdom? So with that, I was like, okay, I have to step away. And I have to get somewhere. I have to be quiet. I have to be still. And I'm like, God, now it's just me and you. There is no more you know, piano players, guitars, drums, the pastor not hooping and hollering. Like it's not all these different distractions. It's just me and you. So I left my home church. When was this? And 20, was it 2018? I left my home church in 2018, 2019. I can definitely say every church has their, like their own feel and every church is different. So literally a person has to find their literal fit when it comes to church. So one Sunday, I just happened to visit the Lighthouse Church. I've visited Lighthouse several times before, but this time it seemed like it was extremely different. And it was extremely different for several reasons. One, I was just over my previous church for various reasons, you know. Other than that, when I visited Lighthouse, for one, the fact that you just come to church dressed like, dressed as you are. You don't have to be super dressy. You ain't got to have on, you know, the Sunday's best. You can just come to church, get your word and be out. And that's it. And when I visited that Sunday, that Sunday just felt so different. It was like a, it was a combination of everything. I feel like with, with praise and worship, with the choir, with the sermon, everything that happened, everything was cohesive. When a service is cohesive, that's what matters for me. Like when your praise and worship leads straight into the sermon and the sermon ties into that, it's like, okay, you got my attention. Cause like, like exactly like you said, when certain things are happening and all of a sudden, you know, you got all this stuff happening, it loses, like you lose your train of thought. And now you focused on what's happening over here with this organ player that's off key trying to find a key <laughs> with the pastor but no <laughs> like here okay at lighthouse praise and worship is always bomb of course and it's like they know how to set the mood there is a certain thing like there is a such thing as setting the mood for church and that's exactly what they did 
They set the mood. Pastor Keon came out, did his do, did his sermons. And the way that Pastor Keon teaches, he doesn't, he doesn't just preach. Like this man is literally lecturing while he's preaching. You leave with bullet points. You leave with stuff to go back and read. Like literally, like he sets his stuff up in order for you to be able to go back, reread some stuff, get more clarity. And then he also follows up with those sermons with midweek services. So it's kind of like to see that, it's like, dang, I've been missing something. Because this whole time, not to, you know, downplay my previous church, but I be leaving church like lost sometimes. And it's because I couldn't really get too much out of the sermon because I would be so lost in the sermon. Now, granted, some sermons were definitely great, but when you like, like you said, get distracted, you lose your train of thought of certain stuff. It's hard to come back from that. By the time, like when you lost me, I'm in my phone, like seriously in my phone and at Lighthouse, never experienced that ever. That leads me into this other point. So when you, when you're trying to find that perfect church, or when you're trying to find that fit, like what is that fit for you? Like what will make you say, this is where I belong? Um, well, I don't think that there is a such thing as mm-hmm. perfect church because people aren't perfect. But when I'm looking for um, a church home, number one, I need to go somewhere where I feel welcomed. Um, you know, because I feel like if somebody doesn't feel welcome, that's they're not, you know, chances are that they're, they're not going to return. You know, if and that's that I think that's the whole purpose of having the ushers or the door greeters or the welcome committee um, to ensure that, you know, guests, people that, you know, may not gr- have grown up in the church or have not been members for a long time. If they're just visiting, that they feel welcome, they feel at home because church, like I said, church is church is within is within us because Christ is within us. Um, So the actual physical building, like, yes, we go to church to fellowship and to, you know, receive a word, you know, from God, from from a pastor. Uh, But you have to feel welcome in that space, Um, regardless of what what somebody is wearing or what they have done in the past or what the streets then said, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of words on the street. You know, the word on the street is, you know, but but regardless of all of that, like you have to make people feel welcome because your sole purpose is to want to win souls for the kingdom and bring people closer to Christ. So if you're not welcoming and you don't make people feel like they belong, that's not Christ-like. People are not going to want to go to church. And that's why people be like, uh-uh, I don't I don't do church. Well, I don't want to go to church because uh, sister so-and-so was looking at me like this, or brother so-and-so, uh, you know, said something to me or made me feel a certain way or whatever. So make somebody, make you feel welcome, you know, or I want to feel welcome when I go into a church house. Um, then if we get past that point, um, and I'm able to sit down and enjoy the message, I do want to make sure that, you know, whoever is bringing the word that I, that they are feeding my, my spirit. And of course you may not find that out. Um, what the first time that you attend a church or the first time that you visit a church, you might have to go a few times to see, you know, because sometimes, uh, you might come on a Sunday when the pastor is out on vacation or something and uh, one of the associate pastors come in or one, if you, the youth minister might preach on that Sunday. So, or you might have a guest pastor. So it's like you have to 
give it a few tries to see, you know, like, is this where, where, where I belong or is this where I want to, you know, uh, become a member and start, you know, fellowshipping every week, you know? Um, and also when I go to a church home about when I, when I find a church home and my search for a church home, like, where's there a need? The type of ministries that, that the church offers, like, you know, uh, is it like a game? Like, cause you know, certain, some churches, you know, they make it hard to get in the ministry. They be like, well, you have to go to, you have to go through the, uh, you have to go through uh, 10 weeks of the new membership class. And if you don't uh, complete your new membership class and you don't show up for the certificate ceremony, then, you know, you can't participate in any ministries or any auxiliaries. No, 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 no. I don't want to have to go through all of that. Like, okay, I understand because I know church is different. Church is not like church like it used to be back in the day. Like you got, uh, what is it? Like the, the 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 live stream ministry and you got the communications ministry and the music ministry. So yes, I understand. Like you can't just walk up in there and just be like, boom, I'm here. Hey, you can't do that. Like I understand like you do have to go through some new membership classes to understand how things work, but don't make it to the point to where I, I'm training for the Olympics. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want that. <laughs> so to piggyback off of the new members orientation situation. Now, my current church definitely has that in place. And it's definitely not something to make. <laughs> it's definitely not something to make you feel like you trying out for different stuff. Now, how they do it is which is great. And I feel like every church should do it is basically allow your new members to take what they would call a spiritual gift test. And when you take the spiritual gift test, it places you in ministries that literally fit your spiritual gift. So if you know you're a natural caregiver, you love going out to visit with the sick and shut in, go to the sick and shut in hospitality ministry. If you love media like me, Go to the media ministry. If you want to get into something that's more administrative, they have stuff for that. Like they literally have a ministry for everything. Now for the churches that may not have these ministries, you may be that first vessel to start that ministry. You just have to be the person to step out and actually do it. And that's my thing. As a new member, I don't feel like just because you're new, you shouldn't have like some type of comfort or any comfort at all to not feel like you can't incorporate something or put your word out there to say, well, this is what I can do. Let me step in and help. And some churches are not open to that. Unfortunately, that's what really turns people off. You make people feel like they have to go through this whole, what you call it, hazing phase. A ritual. And pro <laughs> right. like, ritual. No, putting people on <laughs> probation and stuff like that before they're able to actually jump into stuff. And I understand you want people to be trained and you want them to know more about your church before you jump into these ministries. But if they have an idea, listen to them. Like it doesn't take a it doesn't take anything to listen to somebody, okay? Like literally, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Listen before you speak. Right. So if this person has this idea of this ministry that's not necessarily a part of your church just yet, listen to them. Like, just at least let them know, like, okay, well, let's consider it or come back with us with a plan of how you want to actually execute this ministry and we can actually put this in place. That's what it's all about. Like that welcoming environment that you're talking about, like being authentic with people 
and not making them feel like they have to jump through hoops and obstacles just to be a part. And granted, for some ministries, like the media ministry, like for me, you have to have some type of like love for media to be a part of the media ministry. Just that's in my eyes, because if you get really deep into it, it's going to burn you out. Like just flat out plain, like whatever you want, like whatever you want to call it, it's going to burn you out. If you're not dedicated to it, if you're not like committed to it, if it's like something that you really don't have a love for, then yeah, no, just definitely don't do it because the people who are really there to do it and it's like their profession, they do it full time, it's vocational. Yeah, no, you're going to make it hard for them. So literally it's about finding your fit when it comes to different ministries finding your fit for churches that's why they have these watch care situations where if you want to try out a certain church for a certain amount of time you're just able to be there under watch care you may pay tithes to that church or you may do offering or you may do community service with the church whenever they have something going on but you're not necessarily attached to that because you haven't made your decision just yet of what church you want to join which i feel like is a huge plus especially for people like us where we we may not want to be tied down to one church. We may like one church for the sermon. We may like one church for praise and worship. We may like another church for something else. Like, it's just like, it's that freedom of, you know, being just attached to a church. And the church is actually the people. It's not the building. You shouldn't be attached to the aesthetics of it all. You should be attached to the relationships. The relationships is what's going to get you somewhere. The relationships are what's going to hold that together. So in terms of finding your fit, it's literally, it's going to take time. It's definitely not something that's going to happen overnight. You can't go to one church one Sunday and just rule everything out. Like you said, they may, that may not just be your Sunday, that church. But at the same right. time, just because one aspect of the church may not be for you, doesn't mean that those other aspects can at least make you feel welcome. You know, like as soon as you walk in a church, People shouldn't yeah. be eyeing you like, uh-uh, where she come from? And listen. <laughs> and and even still, if you do, if you are, you know, one of those people that go into a church or you're visiting a church home and, you know, you get those, you know, those stares that aren't so pleasant, none of us are perfect. So, you know, it takes time for people to get there, but you might just be that person to walk into the church and even though you're getting those ugly stares, they might see the light within you. or they, They'll see the God within you. If you don't change yourself or you, if you don't change who you are to stoop down to their level, they will eventually see the God in you and they will have to come and admit their faults or their wrongdoings. And God will use you as a vessel to show them like, okay, so yes, you gave me the stairs when I first came in here, but let me show you. Let me, let me show you who my God is. Let me show you the, the God I really serve. Because clearly, if you give me those nasty stares, we don't serve the same God. Like we're not. I don't care if you don't like me. <laughs> you can look at me however you want. I don't care. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Because exactly, you're not there for the people. Like, of course, you you want to build those relationships. You want to fellowship. You want to feel like your church home or your church family is your home and family away from your your you know family and stuff like that. But 
sometimes it don't always work out like that. And and just like in your regular family, it's like you bump heads with your cousin, with your favorite cousin, y'all might fall out. You will bump heads with your with your uh, sister or brother in Christ at your church home, and y'all might fall out. But as long as you come back together, because and it's so crazy because I've had fallouts with people in church growing up, and I've actually fought in the church. Well, not actually fought in the sanctuary, but fought on the outside of the church. I, granted, I was about maybe six, five or six years old, but it was a fight nonetheless. Um, <laughs> but still, like, I've had plenty of fallouts with people in my church um, over stupid stuff. But as long as you come back, you know, you reconvene and you, re you recognize your faults, you apologize, and you know the, the real purpose, why you're there, why, why you are in church, and what you are there to do and what you are there to accomplish. Like, and of course, you have to ask God for forgiveness because you, you don't want to be up in there in the church tearing up the Lord's house and you're not asking for forgiveness. <laughs> okay. So hold, okay. So definitely hold like that thought because that ties into church hurt. But we're going to go into church hurt just a, just a little bit, a little bit later. So we're going to talk about that. But let's talk about keeping the young folk interested in church like church is not wanting like wanting to make changes churches wanted to stay the same not wanted to evolve didn't want to incorporate anything media wise too much didn't really see the purpose of utilizing social media didn't really you know take the young adults serious in the church you know so there would be times where young adults we may get together and we may want to do something or we have an idea of how to improve something, we're never taken serious. But the minute you all need us to do something, who do y'all call? The young adults. And when we don't want to do it, y'all talk about us as if we being rebellious. But no, we just don't want to deal with you because the first time we did, you didn't listen to us. And then at the same time, it's like, why would we want to be a part of something that we don't really want to be a part of, literally? Like there were some cases where we had to, <laughs> we had to join the choir for a certain amount of time because there weren't enough members in the choir or the fact that we just had to sing because we didn't necessarily have a young adult choir at the time. So they thought, well, let the young folks do something since they always sitting down. And I hate that. I hate when people do that. Well, what if it, well, no. What okay, the listen. So the young sing, adults like at my previous church, we was all singers, okay? Till this day, if we all wanted to, if we wanted to sing in a choir, it would be like, okay, okay. we'll take you so long. Come on in the choir. Like, that's how it was. But at the same time, like, once we got older, that got tired to us. Like, we didn't want to do that anymore. Like, what else do you have for me? Like, what else do you really have for me? It was just like, I done met my with sin with the church. Like, that's just it. I'm literally over it. It was literally at one point where I was like dragging and dreading coming to church because that's just how drained it was. And that's another thing, like being a part of ministry since you could talk, it's very, very draining. And I just had this conversation with somebody recently. Like, I am tired of leading literally but then somebody was like, if you can sit in church and some things may still bother you or something is not going right with that ministry while you in church, 
then you know you were born to lead. And I'm just like, but no, the no, 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 mm-mm. Mm, I don't think that's God talking to me. That ain't what I heard because I'm tired. But they were really like, if you just really can't, if you can't go to sleep at night without thinking about that ministry or, you know, whatever, then that's something that she was literally born to do. That is your spiritual gift.